Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's going on not only heading into this weekend, but things that happened last night, things happening tonight. I mean, it, it's going on all over the place when it comes to the sports world. We're going to talk about a lot of those things just like we do every single Friday around this time as we welcome in Steve Sullivan. Bo Whittle! Bo! Bo! He's a Friday night touchdown star all the way to the end zone to make it 20-6. to six. Steve Sullivan on Out of Bounds is brought to you by Double B's. It's where you gas it, grab it, and go. It's Double B's. Steve Sullivan of KATV, what is going on, my man? Hey, nothing much. Just getting ready for another Friday. I want to congratulate you. Very nice interview with Sam Pittman. I enjoyed that. I always enjoy interviewing with Sam Pittman, but I enjoyed your Lake Hamilton talk and everything. And, <laughs> yeah, I uh, appreciate you, you it. You share something in common with them. I guess that's the one thing you share in common with the head coach. You both enjoy Lake Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. The, the only thing is I think he has an actual lake house. I think he has a boat that's probably 20 years newer than mine. Uh, he has that sweet Razorback that's in front of his house. So, yeah, the only thing we have in common is just we're on the same body of water sometimes on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> you got that same passion for the hogs. That's it. There you go. There you go. Well, well, well Sully, let's just uh, start it right there with the Razorbacks. Obviously, we know spring practice has been going on. We know that uh, this Saturday or tomorrow, that is, there's going to be the spring game, which uh, a lot of people have had their uh, share of them in previous years, too. And this is going to be a nice one, too, because we know in the past two, it hasn't really been to the point of where they've been because of COVID and whatnot and everything like that. But what do you look for in the spring game? Is there anything that you're going to be looking out for? Is it just going to be something that you'll check out, you'll watch, and uh, you'll see how it all goes down? I think it's pretty much a watered-down game, to say the truth, when you don't tackle And that's the good thing. Saw <laughs> the coach isn't concerned about you know the team uh, that much. These these games are so watered down that you know I I don't put any stock in this. zero stock. I do want to see uh, the freshman running back that he's talked about uh, from Georgia that's been so good to Binion or whatever. I want to see him and just see what he looks like. He talks about him being so good and space and a difference maker and a guy who's going to be the top four. Yeah, I want to see him. And, and of course, you know, there's, uh, you know, we want to see our backup quarterback at wide receiver and, and see if he can make some plays over there. And, I, and the new wide receiver from Oklahoma. I mean, I, that, those are things, things I would look for. You think more on offense because those guys we talk about more than, than defense. Is, is there anything to think about when it comes to defense? We know that this is – seven-on-seven seven for the most part, but is there anything you can take from spring football with defense? Well, I want to get a look at the Sanders, the big linebacker from Alabama, and how he looks, you know, sitting next to Bumper Pool. We should have great size at linebacker this year. And uh, I know that the secondary has such great depth. And, you know, just looking at the bodies on the defensive line and how we look there, it is so hard. I do like when we line up one versus one because we know our offensive line is really good um and to see how our defensive line shapes up here early in the spring well it's funny too steve is that uh, i've been asked from people too is like oh what do you look forward to in the spring game and you know normally at least in previous years for so long 
it was kind of just, you know, glorified practice scrimmage. We'll see what we see. But I think now there's more intrigue, kind of like what you were alluding to, is because of the transfer portal, because of guys enrolling in the spring, you have a chance to see the new coming guys, which, you know, not to say that you'll be able to see exactly how good they're going to be, but thinking about Jaden Hazelwood, thinking about Breeny, thinking about McLaughlin, thinking about Jackson, thinking about uh, Drew Sanders as he's as a guy you mentioned, that, I think that's kind of the, what the main thing people are looking at is, listen, we know what we're getting with KJ. We know what we're getting with the Rocket Sanders and those guys. Like, we're good there, but let's see how well these guys that are transferred in are adapting and adjusting and where they're lining up right now on the on the roster in the depth chart. Yeah, and, and we never see in the past freshmen be a factor in the spring game, but, but now they're all enrolling early, you know, so that, that run back is a chance to pop. But, you know, we've heard, you know, the good thing is Pittman feels like he hasn't missed the transfer portal. So we're going to count on all these guys, you know, to add to our team. And, uh, hey, props to the coaching staff and, and the great job they've done in the portal. You know, Moss is the master of the portal, but Pittman has quietly maneuvered his way into a spot behind him in the portal. <laughs> and Van Horn isn't doing bad either, you know, but he has more drawing power with that program. When watching a game like this, if the offense goes out, they look great, KJ looks great, does that ever give you any concern about the defense and then vice versa? If one of the quarterbacks is in there and they're struggling, they're throwing, they threw a couple of picks, is, is that any concern for you ever or, or you just look at it as it's a practice, these guys are out there putting on a showcase for the fans for the most part and it, it doesn't mean much? If I didn't have so much faith and confidence in KJ, I may be worried if he was just a first-year guy. Uh, but I'm not really concerned about him if he's not as accurate as we might think, or he's still he's still getting used to receivers and lost trailing bursts. And, and then you got the defense that knows the offense. The offense knows the defense, so it's really not a, a matchup you'd see any time like it during the season. The teams know each other so well that 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 you know different things can happen. You know. I do like that, you know, coach will put ones versus ones. Uh, Chad Morris used to do ones against the world, and the world stunk. So, you, know, you get no look at your team and how they are, the ones versus the world. I mean, the ones versus the ones, and you know there's some pride on that team, especially in the line of scrimmage. But when your quarterbacks are no threat to get tackled or your running backs to get slammed to the ground, it just changes the game. It's me with Steve Sullivan of KATV. Thanks to Double B's here on Out of Bounds. Uh, Steve, we shifting gears over to baseball. Arkansas taking care of business against LSU in game one, which was a really thrilling game. Uh, Arkansas got the victory 5-4. to four. Uh, We know that they're going to be playing tonight, or I should say this afternoon at 5 o'clock, uh, as well as uh, tomorrow. But what would you make of last night's game? And Connor Nolan just continues to get better and better each and every weekend, it seems like. Yeah, he, you know, and what is the value of having a, a kid like Brady Tiger? You know, last year we were spoiled by cops, and we saw a little cops-like performance last night where he went two full innings, and they didn't get one, I mean, decent hit off him. But the fact that you could put a kid in like Tiger, a true freshman in a, a high-leverage situation and just let him roll is uh, what great value, and he's a freshman. And I have a hard time believing looking at him the way he handles himself. And uh, I just like the fact that we got a bunch of winners. Caden uh, Wallace scored from second base on that ground ball, making LSU make a play. 
hey, big shot Bob Moore is in a miserable slump. And he comes up with, you know, he's hitting the ball hard, and that rocket shot to the second base they couldn't handle. Um, our guys function in the, uh, the, the tense situations well. And, and it helps when you have a guy, you know, Tyler's not going to give up three runs. You know he, he and you know he's probably going to finish the game when he gets in there, and he's got electric stuff, and he's just going to get better. And in the SEC, uh, a, fri- a good Friday night starter and a closer, I think, are the two most important things in league you can have in league play. And we got both of them. Tiger is emerging as that uh, that relief pitcher that you need to close out everything and be that closer, but you need to be able to get from starting pitching to closer. Anybody in middle relief that you're looking for that's maybe done a great job so far or somebody that you see emerging into that role? Well, last night we got a good bridge work, and I think this, this, this is where you look. This is the guys he trusts. And, you know, you saw last night, I think they kind of vermilion. They hope can help them too uh, down the road here. But, you know, when they're, when they're punching Tiger in there in the eighth inning, that's the guy he trusts. And he wants to win or lose with him, a la Cops. And we saw with Cops, as the season went on, it went earlier and earlier <laughs> to where they put him in. And, and I think you're going to see sort of on Friday when they need to win that game, if it's like the seventh inning and it's a 3-2 game and, and they don't really trust anyone else uh, late, you may see Tiger. And, uh, you know, he's eventually going to be the starter. And he threw 43 pitches last night. And, I just think that guy is special. And, uh, man, where was the hype on him coming in? You know, and the, 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 this guy, is, he's second-best prospect in Mississippi. I want to see the best prospect in Mississippi. And uh, what a great find uh, for, for this Razorback team. And the, the, the guy can play pitch at such a high level so early in his career just blows me away. Well, and we were talking also about last night's game specifically. Just, you know, sometimes think something gets taken for granted is Arkansas is so good defensively. Uh, you know that uh, Robert Moore and Jalen Battles, two of the best shortstop and second baseman in the country. Uh, you know, they got a great outfield. They got a, a pitcher, a catcher, uh, and Michael Turner that's so good too. But then you see on the other side, LSU, they have just struggled with that so much this year, and they struggled with it last last night. It's almost one of those things, Sully, that uh, we can take for granted because, you know, you're just so used to it being really good all the time where you can see how costly it can be to a team like LSU when they don't have great fielding. Yeah, their defense lost the game for them last night, and that doesn't happen to Arkansas. They made one – when they make a fundamental mistake, it just shocks you. And they made one last night where Robert Moore went back and Lance Billy should have come in and made the catch, and, uh, and he should have called him off. But it's Bob Moore, he catches everything. So he thought he thought Moore would catch it. But it, it was a mistake, and you're kind of shocked when Arkansas makes a mistake. But LSU had a – and, you know, and the great thing about it is, you know, people saying, well, Caden Wallace would have been thrown out by five feet if it was a good throw. Well, he put the pressure on LSU to make a good throw. We're not hitting the ball consistently well. And a play like that can change things that it did last night. It tied the game and – uh and two, it's uh, it, it's uh, props to Kenton Wallace. The guy is a great all-around player. Uh, he gets top. I watched that back and forth a few times. He gets the top speed so quick, and I don't think he ever looked for a sign to third. I think he was scoring in his mind. And um, uh, we just got some. I don't think we're extremely overpowering 
but we are built to win these close games. Well, you mentioned Robert Moore and the fact that he had been struggling. He played a little bit better last night. So you think that was just a case of uh, just the matchup and the pitcher that they were playing against, and he just kind of got it together last night? You know, one thing about him, he's been hitting the ball hard. He's been kind of a bad luck hitter. And, um, you know, you can't help if you're a guy like that and you have such high standards and you're seeing uh, you're hitting 240 or 235. You know, I don't know who that hit helped more last night. I know it was big for the Hogs, but I think it was almost bigger for Robert Moore. And he has been so good at his career at Arkansas, uh, short career, when he's been in pressure situations, regardless of what kind of game he has, is having to have a good at bat. He's the guy you want at the plate um, when the game is on the line. And uh, it's hard not to be a Robert Moore fan. The dude's a 100% baseball player. He's 100% invested. And, uh, uh, and I think Dave Van Horn is to the point where he just lets the kid go. He knows the kid's talented and giving all he can. And uh, so he doesn't mess with, uh, with uh, Big Shot Bob. So I know another thing that you were tweeting about and was a discussion, too, kind of going back to the football side of things, is that uh, the Arkansas-Missouri game was announced that it's going to be moving to the Friday uh, after Thanksgiving and uh, being on CBS and everything, which it's funny that that gets announced because they do schedule it on Saturdays and then it gets moved up. But it's just almost like a common thing where it's been expected to have it on Friday. Are you Do you want it to stay that way even though it's Missouri? Like, Are you good? Do you want it to be on a Friday? Or if it was on a Friday or Saturday or whatever, it wouldn't really matter to you? No, I want it on a Friday. I, I just think you, you got great viewership. And, and if you're good, like we were last year, you get so many eyes on a Traylon Burke or K.J. Jefferson, so many new eyes. And I think that's just a great opportunity for Arkansas. And, you know, the, the, the fact that one of us is good helps CBS actually pick up the game. You know, and Arkansas is an intriguing team right now. And uh, I, I was just thinking after a while, you know, neither team was moving the meter that they just pretty much just shell that game, keep it on Saturday. But, you know, the fact that Arkansas, I think, is an intriguing game uh, team, and especially here in preseason, and uh, I, I, I just can't believe all these preseason power polls that have us tenth in the SEC. Um, what are they reading, or what are they sticking in these computers? So, where, where do you think Arkansas should be ranked? There, um, they are 29th because they ranked every college football team, so they're 29th. And I think there was a big fuss made about them not being in the top 25 altogether, but. Like you mentioned, they're 10th in the SEC when you look at how it ranked out throughout the SEC. Is there any team that does less with more than Texas A&M? How many top recruiting classes can you have before you establish some separation between, you know, you and Arkansas on a consistent basis? And they haven't. And uh, I just think with K.J. Jefferson coming back and the majority of our offense, we're four deep at running back, our line is back, I mean, we got a lot of weapons. And then on defense, you know, we've, we've got a, a great secondary, at least this guy's deep secondary. And we have, you know, we have a good linebacker coming back, and we get a transfer from Alabama. We seem to have filled our spots, but we got a pretty solid team. And this is a team that performed very well last year. I mean, even our losses were, were, were mainly 50-50 games. And the way we played Alabama, I, I, I just think we're, we're top five in the power rankings. You know, I think I, I just don't see 
you know, a huge separation in these teams. And I, I can't see putting, like, LSU and Auburn ahead of Arkansas. You know, and that's uh, – that, that LSU's been, you know, has had its issues. And Auburn was in disarray. And I saw one poll had Auburn number 10. And I'm thinking, what are they thinking? Yeah, that's kind of been the thing that we discussed, too, is just uh, – there was the FPI poll is the one you're referencing, the uh, Football Power Index – and listen, we yeah. know that there's there's human elements. You know, you got the AP poll, you got the coaches poll, and then this FBI poll is based on computers and and all those things too. But I don't know. I just feel like if you're gonna get like we saw people like Joel Klatt have Arkansas on the top ten, you know, and is way too early uh, as soon as the season ended type of polls too. So everyone's gonna have yeah. their own opinion on it. But I'm sorry, I'm kind of with you. I just don't. See, I'm not saying Arkansas will be better than what they were last year. Potentially they could. But I just don't see teams like Auburn, teams like Ole Miss, teams like uh, LSU being significantly better next year coming out of the West. I mean, honestly, the only two teams out of the West that I look at, and I'm saying those are going to be tall tasks, of course, is Alabama and Texas A&M. The rest of the teams, I feel like Arkansas is perfectly capable of beating, and especially their two East opponents with South Carolina being at home and also Missouri being on the road. Yeah, and I don't see A&M being a game. We played them so well, and uh, the way we're built to be physical, um, uh, that's a game that doesn't scare me. And, you know, last year I kicked myself that I didn't jump on the Arkansas. And, you know, the, I think the, the line there was five wins, and they smashed that. And I, I think they get to six and a half pretty easily this year. I think they'll win seven, maybe eight. And uh, it could be nine. Who knows? I mean, I just think it's how you, a lot of it is how you do in those 50-50 games. I like having a, a veteran quarterback and a good kicker. You know, those two things in close games. And, uh, and we got a guy that functions well with the pressures on, and KJ showed that multiple times last year. And, and, and we got a kicker who, uh, you know, if you can't trust kicker year to year, but if we can trust one, it's a uh, little, you know. And uh, it's uh, I just think. There's no reason Sam Sam Pitt has, has given us no reason not to be excited about the fall. And I know you're supposed to sell in the spring, but I think he's got a lot of lot to sell in the spring. So you said for the win total that you're expecting at least seven, and it could go upward from there. Now, if it doesn't surpass last year's win total, do you think that there will be a sense of letdown from the fans because fans want to see more every year? You know, didn't expect nine wins last year, but once the season kind of got going and saw what was happening, the expectations were going up, and that's that happens every year. So do you think there will be a, a sense of letdown from the fans if they won less than nine games this year? I don't think so. It depends on how the season goes, you know, and uh, if you win the games you're expected to win and you're competitive, I, I don't think people will be upset. Um, it's a tough non-conference. When you're, we don't know how good Cincinnati's going to be. They lost their quarterback. They didn't lose their head coach, you know, and they're going to be a tough opener. Strange things happen on opening day. And then you, then you go to Brigham Young, and they've been better. I mean, that's a tough – I mean, the days of playing, you know, and, and who knows about Liberty. And he's going to find a quarterback probably from somewhere else. And, um, I mean, that's a tough non-conference schedule. And that's the big difference now for a, a coach at the SEC, especially at Arkansas. And now it, it gets better. UAPB gets on the schedule again. but. You don't have a lot of those games you can just pencil in as a W. You just show up and win. And um, that makes, you know, your, your season feel a little longer and more difficult. But it prepares you more for your conference play. We get conference play real early this year. And, um, 
I, I just think they're they're equipped, um, you know, to really be competitive in every game. The, the fact that we competed with Alabama last year, I thought was huge, and that was a really good Alabama team and a really good quarterback we played. And uh, you know, we couldn't stop them, and they couldn't stop us. And that that's a good situation to be in with Alabama. Well, Sully, we appreciate you joining us as always, man. Have a great weekend, all right? All right. You guys have a great weekend. I hope we'll get a couple of wins tonight uh, from the softball team and the baseball team. It'll be a good, good doubleheader today. They can both have big games. Absolutely. Make things a lot better. Have a good one, man. That's Steve Sullivan of KATV joining us thanks to Double Bs. We'll take a commercial and come back with more Out of Bounds. Stay with us. <laughs> 